Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Rachel Howie. <laughs> oh, so close. Mate, Married almost, lady in the house. You almost said a name that was not my name. I know, not anymore. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good How's to be the married back. life? It's pretty good. It's pretty much the same. Less, it's, it's, less it stress. is exactly the same, isn't it? But less that's, stress. That's the best thing. And also, Josh Brown. Hello. Now, before we get into the actual meat <laughs> of the podcast, we were talking about pancakes versus waffles. And I need to get this out there because apparently it's a big old debate. Rach comes down on the side of waffles. Abs- no, I'm Team Pancake, man. Team Pancake. Team Pancake. Josh, mate. Team Waffles, but potato waffles. <laughs> Not that sweet crap. Just throw a lot of old chocolate syrup on it. Throw a lot of sugar on Wait, your potato what? waffles. On a, no, you're you're doing a thing. There's no way this is an actual thing. Oh, <laughs> there's As in no like way. Bird's eye potato waffles. Are oh, they very same, Rich? With the chocolate very same. on them. Whatever the, you want to do. The youth are you know? far gone. At Get this into point. the bin, Josh. Listen, eating their <laughs> hashtag potato cakes. Oh yeah, have you ever had potato hashtags, guys? No. Josh is the kind of man buried in potato hashtags. I am, you know. <laughs> might be. Anyway, video be, games. Uh, yeah, video games. I'll be team pancake, but also. Um, we thought we'd do a big old conversation about replayability because obviously the way that the industry is shaking out most of this year um, is that you know there are recommendable games but not necessarily so many stories and we were just talking about different things that we've played um, across like the summer lull and a lot of us well us in particular have gone back to old consoles um, or like previous generations and stuff like that um, I bought an N64 I got a Game Boy Advance SP um, Rach you've been going back through like Dark Souls and stuff this has been something that I've just been doing for the past five years and it's like <laughs> I hardly ever play new games I just keep replaying the old ones mm-hmm. and I keep wondering to myself like why do I do this so I'm really mm. really excited to be here today good you represent yourself <laughs> and uh, Josh you've been going back through Devil May Cry oh you... Devil May Cry Geese of War uh, Metal Gear Solid uh, all of them you all did yeah, every yeah. single one of them you did all the Metal Gears in like one week I did all the Metal Gears in one week I did all of the Geese of Wars in a week and mm-hmm. then it's taken me a bit longer to do Devil May Cry but also I was jumping into the Playstation Classic I've mm. booted up the Playstation 2 it's been a strange year because unlike mm. you Rich I don't usually do this it's right. normally new releases for me and I rarely ever replay any games at all but this year has been defined by going back to mm. franchises both that I love but also new ones as well which uh. has been interesting because I've just been jumping you know through entire series and enjoying the hell because you've got them. like a new rule where you go back to like a whole franchise I remember it's something that you've done as well but if it's like you're going to revisit something do you then go back to like the first one oh because... no I mean personally would I not I would play the one I want to play mm, um, but I, mean, I guess it's quite cool like the way you've done it like literally you did like all of Metal Gear and all of Devil May Cry like mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to lie, it uh, really burnt me by the time I got to Devil May Cry. Oh, no. It was fine for you, the You're two. You're hating Devil May Cry 4. I know, Devil May Cry 4 can the, the, suck 
ass. It can't, but you finished the MC2, one of the worst games of all time, yeah. and then you've given up on 4. It's because I think I knew that Devil May Cry 2 was going to be bad. You'd warned me before yeah, when yeah, yeah. you were like, this is the worst sort of sequel ever. But Devil May Cry 4, I talked about it on a recent Shy Faces episode, actually. I um, really enjoyed that back in the day. I mm. thought it was really good. And then going back to it within the context of the franchise changed how I looked at it, which is also kind of cool. It's mm. kind of cool that I have that different you know, perspective now, yeah. but it was disappointing. Five will save you. I feel like that's really, really good, obviously, in this kind of line of work. Having those kind of like fresh opinions on older games mm. is good. Um, but then again, you know, we're <laughs> in a, in, you know, Scott, who plays everything, Tailford, probably <laughs> doesn't, doesn't have this problem. But for me, a lot of games come up, like even we were talking about Mass Effect 3 earlier, and I've mm. still not got around to playing that. We were talking about Hellblade the other day. I was talking about it with Ash. She was going on about how good it is. Oh, it's so short, Rachel. You should play it. <laughs> no, I think I'll just go and boot up Diablo 3 for about the eight billionth time. How many copies As of Diablo well, 3 do you not have? I have had Diablo on the PlayStation 3, the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, and now the Switch. Good. And my hours in it must be about a thousand. <laughs> it's mental. But I keep replaying it i don't mm. understand like i should be playing these new games it's more than fine one of the um <laughs> things that i put down was just to open the the general sort of conversation was like yeah which game do you feel like you re revisited the most mine shovel knight because i love that thing and mm. um, we can break down like the reasons why but do you what, play it from like start to finish or do you just like boot up for a little bit at night and then, it's uh, weird it depends what platform i'm on because mm. like i have it on everything i have as much many copies of shovel knight as i think you do of diablo and um, i even have it on 3ds which i didn't know existed for a while then as soon as i did i was like i'm getting that oh, as well cute. but i tend to like dip nip in or dip in and I think that the early levels are like pure joy and then it becomes way more of like a hard platformer towards the end or a harder platformer. Um, so yeah, I tend to just like pick levels and stuff, but it's from a completed save so I can drop in anywhere. Yeah, we've talked about this before actually mm. when there's been sort of remasters and stuff because I've been talking to you about something coming out and you're like, try it. And I'm like, ah, I'm not going to jump into something if I'm not going to complete it or at right. least with the intention of completing it. But I think that at least from what I know of you, Scott Tilford, hey. you like to jump into everything and get that fixed and then you're just sort of content to be like, well, you know what, I'm, I've got my fill. I'll, I'll, put my toes, I'll put my toes back in after I've like swam in the oceans for a bit. Like I need to, it depends what it is. But like for the most part, I want to get, I want to finish everything. Cause you were saying when we, before we came in that you'll try and finish something at least once, mm. which is why it's so like seismic that you didn't finish DMC4, but nearly <laughs> everything else you've been through. And then you sort of have like a holistic opinion on it or like a more complete opinion then you can dip your toes in. But do you guys do that in general anyway? Just play a little bit of something. I used to be a massive like trophy hunter before I worked here, before I had like, you know, proper full-time employment. <laughs> I used to be a big trophy hunter. And um, not the idea of like putting a game aside without completing it was, was ludicrous. I would mm. never, I would never do that. I had to get every trophy that I possibly could. But now I'm a bit more sort of lax on myself and I just go, look, I've had enough of this game. I've enjoyed it, whatever, it's been brilliant. Mm. Um, but now it's, you know, time to play something else or, or to replay something else. <laughs> or just time to play Dark Souls again. Because you think with something like Souls, um, like, because that thing is so immediate and like, it's weird because for as hard as Souls is and its reputation is like all challenging and everything else. So Something about the way that like Dark Souls plays or FromSoft stuff plays is quite like familiar and comfortable and like you know what you're getting and like in a way like, after I finished Dark Souls I started like putting that back on to like just relax into it again and it's like insane yeah. to play those games in a relaxing fashion yeah. mm. but like I totally feel that <laughs> something that you've had as well. Dark Souls 1 is my most replayed game ever mm -hmm. like like you were saying with Shovel Knight I tend mm -hmm. to just do the first few sort of areas like because I love trying new things trying new challenges Um, <laughs> I was banging my heads against the gargoyles um, on my on the flight home from Iceland recently. Mm -hmm. And I was just dying over and over again to gargoyles. And I was like, excuse me, this is like the <laughs> second boss. What is going on? Mm -hmm. 
Um, but Did you have like a different build? But still managed to find that fun. Oh, I was trying a naked two hands. Just knowing you, it'll be like a naked two hands man with yeah. a spear. Yeah, or it was it was hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, what would your like sort of game you've revisited the most be? Um, it honestly might be Dark Souls as well. Hey! You know, especially recently, I go back to that quite often mm. when the remastered version came out, and I finally because I. I I discover something new about it every single time I go back to it, even Mm -hmm. though I played all of the From Software games. Actually, that's a lie. I haven't actually played all of De- uh, D- Dark Souls, Souls 2. And I miss Demon Souls. I'm just lying on uh, Wait, camera you now. Wait a minute, you not Dark Souls 2? No, I played bits of it. Ooh. But what I was going to say was, I've played Dark Souls 1, I've played Dark Souls 3, I've played Bloodborne, and I love all of those games. That's a the hero. And I've been, to all, been back to all of them quite a few times. Mm-hmm. But when I go back to Dark Souls 1, because the first time I played it, I didn't know what a From Software game was, so I didn't mm. really know how to play it. I was sort of, you know, fat rolling all over the place. I was, <laughs> didn't have the right build. I wasn't upgrading my weapons correctly in Every single time I go back to that game, I find a new area that I was sort of an amateur at before. And then I learn how to sort of experience it it the proper way. It's the third or fourth time I've been through it recently. And it's the only time I've figured out how to properly level my weapons with my build and stuff. Because I am (laughs) terrible at uh, learning systems, apparently. Uh, Josh Brown is parrying the Black Knights now. Yeah, yeah, now I'm finally parrying them. The poise figure is a, 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 I don't know, subject of much debate as to what it should be uh, useful. But I guess like in terms of those games, because I I have another thing here about replaying stories. Like, are there some games that you finished the story for and maybe it was such a massive effort that you've never gone back to it? Like Um, Last of Us, I adore, but I've only played through that like three times. I've Um, only played Last of Us once. I do plan on replaying it because that was back when it first came out on PS3, Mm. which I'm going to say was like 2010. 13. Oh my God. It feels like so much longer (laughs) than that. 2013. Oh my Mm. goodness. Um, So yeah, I do plan on replaying that before 2 comes out. But Mm. no, like if 2 wasn't come out, I probably wouldn't Mm. bother. I guess in terms of like re-experiencing a story, like sometimes, because it's weird, like the general length of a game is obviously like the average length of a game is like 15 hours across the board or whatever. So it's like picking a game, I'll just dip back into this. You hardly ever go back through the whole story or at least I don't no no I think if it's a game uh, like story games for me I would replay if they have some sort of like choices in them some sort of different Mm. endings to them something I can do differently Mm -hmm. the second time around if it's the same thing again it would take a really good game that I loved a lot like for example Horizon Zero Dawn like I'll probably replay that at some point uh, you know, it would have to be really good to mm-hmm. get me to replay it. Horizon is like one of the ones that I would hold up as like, it, I played through that thing in almost like one sitting. I adored mm. it. I was lucky enough to get it earlier for the review and everything. And I remember just like burning through it and like coming back into work and be like, oh my God, you guys aren't ready for this game. It's phenomenal and whatever. Um, but once I got that finished, I like knowing how much is in that game. Like I've never replayed an Elder Scrolls. Like I've only ever played Skyrim once and same with Oblivion and uh, Morrowind. And it's like, I'm never going to go back to those games. They're just, they're too much, quote yeah. unquote. But I've the same thing. I'm the, yeah, I'm the same. When it comes to sort of games that I love, like <clears throat> The Witcher or Skyrim, especially I've tried to go back to that so many times and I loved it at the time I played so many put so many hours into mm. it Scott and Rich and I've <laughs> bloody spent my entire goddamn all of 2011 and all of 2012 just playing that game mm-hmm. and yet I tried to go back and experience it and go back to it but I felt a sort of a sense of finality even though there's so much you can do in that world I was just sort of I was done with it and I wasn't ready to experience yeah. that journey from scratch mm. all over again. Whereas I'm completely different to you guys in that I do go back and play um, single player games and story driven games mm. quite a lot. When it comes to the games I played the most, it is Metal Gear Solid 2, it's Dark Souls, it's um, The Last of Us. Uh, I mm. played that so many times ah. on all the different all difficulties. The all the way through. Right. That's the thing, if I go back to a game, because I like going back and finishing it, I rarely jump back into sort of these big experiences because mm. I just kind of feel, not that it's a waste of time, but I don't get much from it if I only... Right jump into The Witcher 3 again for 10 hours and I don't finish it and I just kind of put it down. It's satisfying in the moment, but mm. for me, I'd rather go back 
and complete something again and then have a different perspective on it. Because mm-hmm. even though if, if I play The Witcher again for 10 hours, I'm not really changing my opinion on it, if that makes sense. I'm not getting really anything new. I'm just getting the same experience over again, which is entirely fine and valid and good. Uh-huh. But for me, that's... I rarely replay games anyway, so if I do, it's for a purpose. That's like a, a split between like um, like a filmic approach, <clears throat> excuse me, like film criticism versus like game criticism. Like are you going back, like you said, re- I like, was going to ask, do you something? rewatch movies a lot? Uh, no, I don't no. really know. Not very often. Uh, <laughs> sometimes, if only the movies that I really love. At the minute, I'm doing this weird thing this year. I don't know why I'm just going through sort of filmographies and gameographies and libraries and stuff. But obviously, I went to see The Irishman at a preview screening at the weekend. I so you've already seen this movie? I've already seen this movie. Is, Is this good? movie good? Uh, it's really, really good. Ooh. It's really long. But in preparation, I went through a lot of old Martin Scorsese movies that I haven't seen since I was about 15. Mm. And I think it's just because I'm at an age now where when it comes to movies and games, there are a lot of titles from the late 2000s that it's been so long that I can't even really remember how they play, yeah, how yeah, they, yeah. how the story goes. So going back to them, it's almost with fresh eyes. It's almost like I'm experiencing them for the first time. I mm. went to back to um, Dead Rising last year and absolutely loved it. The way <laughs> that game played was so good. Mm. And I had way more patience for it as an adult than I did as a kid. So mm. at the point that I'm at now in my life, I just feel like with 10 years of separation or something, I can just reappreciate things, whether it's yeah. movies or games or whatever. So I do like to see them you know, play out in full. There's something that, like, with me, I kind of realized when I go back to anything that I played when I was a kid that, like, I really wasn't paying a whole lot of attention. Like, (laughs) for the most part, I was focused entirely on the gameplay and the mechanics. Like, I was having conversations with my friends in school or whatever. And, like, the story was there. Like, I remember the vague sort of, like, you know, the vague paintbrushes or whatever, the, the broad strokes of that... Paint brushes. Broad strokes is the phrase I was like, that I like. Why are you playing? I remember the paintbrushes from. Oh, uh, can we? <laughs> yeah, and uh, like I sort of like remember like you know like the like a blurry vision of that game. I remember why I liked it, and I can talk about it. But then sometimes you go back to it, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh man, like I completely didn't even realize this whole other way of reading this game or whatever. Um, and I don't know if that's just a reflection on like my maturation, like my age or whatever, my like mentality going back to those games, or whether just I don't know something to do with like, the way the industry's changed. Like I think Bioshock changed the game in terms of like narrative and everything else. So yeah, there's yeah. a lot of different ways that you can reapproach stuff. You've like instantly reminded me like I the one that I comes to mind for me recently has mm. been the Spyro Reignited trilogy. Ah. So um not only have I been replaying it on the Switch after I've literally just played them all on the PS4 to 100%. <laughs> and now I'm playing them all again on the Switch. So that in that is like some kind of madness. I don't know why I'm doing it. Spyro's blooming lush. I love Spyro. So. And then it's it's been so nostalgic and so amazing. There's just something lovely about turning on a game and knowing exactly what to expect and knowing mm. exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously they've changed a little bit since I was wee, but just knowing where to go to get that skateboard level and just <laughs> doing it and just like, just being like, oh, this is so familiar and lovely. It's uh-huh. great. It's so relaxing. I think I was saying to Scott, I was like, is it just because I'm old and stressed all the time? I just want to. I just want to replay games. I just want to know what to I do. Think, Maybe that's uh, it. You know, my response to that though is that I think you know what your tastes are as you get older. Like, especially True. if you've been gaming for as long as we have, like all three of us, or like a lot of people who are listening to this. Like, you you've played so many genres. You know what mechanics you like. You know what kind of like you know character portrayals or weapon types or whatever. Like, you you do only hone your tastes over time. So at yeah. some point, you are going to get more selective. Yeah, like I can look at something and think, oh, that's probably not for me. But mm. then I can be like, oh, I'll just go play Dark Souls again. But it's like it's weird <laughs> as well because like like I said, we've like we've all been revisiting like past gen stuff, and I kind of wonder with the, the current state of the industry at the minute, there's a lot of bankable formulas and genres and stuff. And I think that variety is not something the industry um, prioritizes. At the no. Um, or not in the AAA space or anything other than like no, the it's... indie space. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. 
They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Tried and tested stuff. Yeah, and it's like, it kind of makes me yearn for like that time when I was growing up and the industry was like this insane, like there was no limits at all. Whereas like at the minute, it feels like there's a lot of limits sometimes, even if they're sort of like glass ceilings kind of thing. It's like, it doesn't feel like, like the the John Wick game um, brilliantly is made by uh, Biffle, which is, well, he changed the name of his company, but it's made by Mike Biffle, um, guy that did Thomas Was Alone. And I love the idea of an indie studio tackling like a major IP. And if that was given to anyone else, they would have done a basic cover shooter with like, you know, like the standard Gears of War style stop and pop mechanics and it would have just been that. But the John Wick game because it's made by an indie studio is like a like isometric turn-based uh, strategy game it's where bizarre, you're yeah. it's so good you're like allocating for like time in split seconds so it's like well this takedown will take two seconds but like this bullet coming at me is going to take like a quarter of a second so i need to be out the way before this bullet comes at me or whatever and it's like you're thinking through a scenario like john wick and i love that they took that risk with it um and i feel like that sort of you know you'd get more of that stuff across the 2000s i feel like yeah they're so much rarer now that like something with a known quantity or a known ip actually has a unique game mechanic i don't know if it's like that you for variety that like oh. makes us go backwards i think it might be you know when i look at the games that i've enjoyed the most that i've gone back to mm-hmm. it's sort of it was those four metal gear solid games and it was mm. fascinating to see how the identity of that series stayed the same throughout all of the games and yet all of them changed substantially from one title to the mm. next none of them played identically even if they might have had similar systems or similar focuses on you know a specific brand of gameplay mm-hmm. even the jump from the two the jump from two to three is massive and even the jump from three one from to four two is nuts three well. from four is nuts the one to two is more subtle and yet when you play them back to back even that's nuts but <laughs> you can appreciate sort of the refinements and the sort of revolutions in sort of like game design from mm. the time there was real substantial change between each one of these games that I just don't know if you find in franchises so much these days i love geese of war but going back and playing all those even though i really enjoyed them i think they're authored and well scripted Mm. they all virtually played sort of identically yeah yeah, and that was that was nice and it Uh was good it was comforting but i wonder if i would have had the same feelings i had towards devil may cry because i was playing that for essentially the first time where Mm. i was kind of got a bit bored because i didn't have that prior attachment to it i wonder Mm. if i went 
back to Geese of War and played it all then back to back, you know, with fresh eyes, mm-hmm. I might have thought the same thing. It's kind of like a split thing because do you tend to find that like you're going back because you want something that's more original or it's it is that thing of like well I know what I'm getting like mm. it's like because it's that split between like is a is a game franchise traditional and like true to its roots or like is it like lacking because they're just doing the quote unquote the same thing over and over again. Like something like Zelda did one thing immaculately well until yeah. Breath of the Wild, and then it completely changed. That's the thing, because you have like like a, like we said, like we know what to expect. I think mm. we have this expectation, so I'll go in knowing what I'm gonna get. Probably, yeah. I would say. Because like for me, I like the thing is with Zelda. Like I went back over it. I've got like I used to have two massive gaps in my gaming knowledge, which is Metroid and Zelda. And that was like a few years ago. And I was like, right, I'm literally gonna buy every single one of them. I'm gonna play all of them in one big, uh, big, big row. <laughs> How'd you get on with Zelda two, mate? Oh, God, I didn't finish Zelda two. Oh God, I, <laughs> thankfully none of our lists are dependent on. Finishing Zelda 2. That's <laughs> uh, I got through it. I'd like to do that eventually. But um, yeah, went all the way through all the Zeldas, went through all the, the Metroids. I'm still going through Minish Cap at the minute for the Zeldas. Um, that's why that. I got my Game Boy Advance SP. Yeah. Um, or Advance. But um, that's the thing. It's weird because for as much as those games have changed, Breath of the Wild is the biggest departure for Zelda. But Zelda, like the from the first one all the way through to um, Twilight Princess, like you can play them in a way. Once you get the... Which one? Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword. I haven't played that one because it's on the Wii. I haven't got the motion controls. But um, <laughs> whatever. Those games, though, like, obviously, they're quite formulaic. They have the dungeons. You got the item-based progression. Like, you know, you can't get past this bit till you get the bomb. You're blown away by walls in every single one of them. Like, it's very much like it carries through. And I think if you've played the new one, you're still, quote-unquote, prepared for the old ones. And it makes, it weirdly retroactively makes the old ones still feel fresh and approachable. And you know what you're getting. And, like, you can, like, like you said about, like, a legacy or, like, a, it's almost like traditionalism. It's like when mm. they stuck to a certain formula. Like, Gears of War 1 is still totally playable because it's very similar to Gears 5. But like the modern industry, like Division One, Division Two, Destiny, Destiny Two, Ghost Recon, like you're not going to go back to those games because they're they're like too similar. It's almost like there's a weird little gap to get. Yeah, right. it's sort. Yeah, I feel you. It's sort of like when you get new FIFA games and they become I was just going to say the FIFA thing. Yeah, yeah, they become sort of instantly redundant, and then you see them in secondhand shops for like a pound. I'm sure you can buy <laughs> FIFA 19 at the moment. Yeah, yeah. for oh. so cheap because at that point they just kind of become obsolete. And I feel like when it comes to certain games now, we've sort of got to that space when you when you have the like of The Division or Destiny mm. 1. No one's really going to go back and play those games because now you've got Destiny 2, which does everything kind of better, and that's where the community is now, mm-hmm. and then the other games just sort of get shut off, They're essentially. also, like, stripped of all, like, narrative and, like, for the want of a better word, soul. Like, you went back to, like, the Metal Gear games. Like, obviously Hideo Kojima was an overseer throughout that whole thing, but you go back to the original Metal Gear Solid and you can see what he was going for. Mm. And even if, like, you go back to Metal Gear 2, you can see the differences, but there's still charm and a purpose to that original That's one. That's a, a series stone. with a story, though, a story that mm. goes from one until the present. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, saying something like Destiny, I mean, uh, Destiny's well-known for not really having much of a story. Nah, it's got a bunch so, of lore, but you've got to go looking for I it. I can see why you wouldn't really be in a hurry to replay mm-hmm. that, but, like, if you were wanting to replay Metal Gear, I can see why you'd want to replay all of those mm-hmm. because of this whole Definitely story. Definitely, yeah. Like, yeah, the story starts somewhere, but even if you take like Zelda, it's like you could go back to the original Zelda or like um, like Ocarina or whatever, and you'd still get something out of it in terms yeah. of like those mechanics still hold true. Kind I of think thing. that's what I got from Geese of War. I think that's why for me that holds up more than the Devil May Cry series mm-hmm. does, because even though those games are really similar when it comes to sort of their presentation and the sort of tone and atmosphere mm-hmm. they're going for, they are very different. Like the first game is essentially a survival horror game. It's very oppressive. You can't move around at night. It is way more you know, indebted to a, the horror genre than mm. I expected it to be because number two is obviously balls to the wall crazy. You, you're <laughs> underground in the locust lair for a lot of it. And then even three is, two you is know... Just, oh. I love you it. know what? Two didn't hold up as 
as much as I thought. Oh, like see, this I is why. This it. is why. Actually, <laughs> this is a very good point. Really good. This is why I will never replay Gears of War two because I know that in my heart, I know yeah. that right. it won't be as good. The see, that, time I around. had this down as well about like the, the blanket <laughs> of nostalgia and whether it's like better to just kind of like live with the version just of the like game die. that you grew up yeah. with. Yeah, or whether like because you like you said you get a new perspective, but then sometimes it's like, oh man, like this this character isn't as great as I thought, or like whatever. Um, oh. I have to contend that Devil May Cry does not hold up as well as Gears of War, but that's a podcast for another time. Although like Gears uh, DMC two probably tanks the whole thing. That's it. When it comes to sort of DMC, you can sort of, like so you can see what they're going for. But DMC one is kind of this rough around the edges mm. experiment, more or less. Then you get DMC two, which sort of sucks all the soul out of it, and it's kind of pieced together. Then DMC three probably epitomizes what they were going for initially. It's fully realizing mm. all of the mechanics. And then DMC four again is kind of a step back towards three and five. DMC like the only two, two ones. It's like Star yeah. Trek. It's like that thing where every even Star Trek number, <laughs> every even Star Trek film is. Bad in every sequel is good. So I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I guess in DMC's case, like the um, yeah, that's like a weird experiment with the first one. It's kind of like the first Uncharted. Like what Uncharted became is not at all what it started out as. Like the first Uncharted is this weird kind of half broken cover shooter that yeah. feels terrible. But like um, sometimes nostalgia will kind of get you through. But yeah, I guess like I was gonna have like another sort of comment on like the industry today is like obsessed with retention about games as a service and you know keeping you hooked and whatever. But they do that through numbing you by just like giving you the same thing literally over and over again. Well, this sort of leads into my question that I was gonna put to you guys mm. do you guys have you or do you i don't think you do but have you in the past ever got like proper addicted to an mmo i've still never played an mmo i've played like five seconds of warcraft <laughs> at an exhibition tried to get into dc universe online and just mm. couldn't do it i must have played about 10 hours and was like <laughs> ah, my no, wife's man. like 600 hours into warcraft so i i know the 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 pull but I have only 600. That. Yeah, so much. <laughs> That's Although, cute. speaking of like dailies and stuff, I um, I'm literally logging into Call of Duty Mobile every day. Okay. Like I'm playing that every day. See, I guess day. mobile games are very rooted in like getting you to log in every mm. day for sure. Like, why was obviously like that? Like, I mm-hmm. played the butt ton of Warcraft, and I feel like that is where the root of the like love of repetition comes from. Because mm-hmm. everyone knows like children proper love repetition, but then it's like you never really think of like adults loving it because like yeah. oh I go to my boring job every day and it's the same <laughs> in thing my every day. Life. It is horrible. I have to do the same thing. And and so you, you sort of associate that with like you hate repetition, it's mm. boring. But then you think about doing fetch quests in World of Warcraft, <laughs> and it's mm. actually secretly amazing. And people were completely like in love with that structure way before all the games <laughs> as a service stuff came out. Like it was kind of the original. Well, yeah, like MMO platform. was the original games as a service, but mm. you paid for it. You paid for it each month, and, yeah. you, and you still do. But like games like, uh, for example, like Fortnite, because obviously that's quite current mm-hmm. news at the minute that people not it's currently back online by the way it's back to this, finally yeah. after what 20 30, like 30 hours something yeah, like that. season two is um, online but yeah people are obviously like they are continuing to support that and some people are not spending money on that and i mm. think that's really cool like mm-hmm. having the option but like yeah in terms of like those mechanics though because i had a whole point about like beloved worlds that you want to spend time in like dark souls feels good to spend time in like yes you kind of like the decor the art like the art direction and stuff i love the witches world and uh, mainly because i came across from the book so it's like well i want to like plug back into that world and literally just live as a supernatural bounty hunter for a while and go do some side missions mm. um and like that's that's way more satisfying than like than dipping your toes in something like a division or a ghost recon but like, like those games are still so satisfying, but for me, they lose something because they're so focused on just the mechanics. Like, you know, you yeah. go back to the old Metal Gears, the Devil May Cry, like, like I said, they have souls, they have like creative creativity outside of just a basic mechanic that you're going back to. This is where I want to throw back to you guys because you mentioned something at the beginning, Rich, where you were saying the games that you go back to are sort of ones that are familiar to you, whether it's like World of Warcraft or Diablo or, you know, Dark Souls, and you go back and you go through it. A few of those are sort of persistent, ongoing worlds, mm-hmm. like your divisions or something, where you just keep going, you keep progressing, you keep engaging with this journey or, or something like that. With me, 
that scares me too much <laughs> when it comes to sort of games that I don't know if I'll ever finish. Yeah. I was really scared about The Outer Worlds, for instance. because oh, That's literally was, my fear with yeah, this game. I was thinking, how am I going to have time to, you know, put 100 hours into this game? And I found out very recently, apparently it's only around 40 hours, which Get is in. more manageable. You don't have to complete it all in the first year, Josh, Brian. But you don't have to complete it. It's the fact that it is so big, year. I think. You could complete it. Eventually. See, <laughs> Red. Many years in the future. Eventually. An absolutely solid theory. But I know in my heart of hearts, I know who I am. And I'm someone, if I put a game down, there is no chance I'm going back to it in mm. six months to finish it. I plan to do that with Watch Dogs 2 two years ago. And I still I haven't you're never going to get yet. back to that. No, yeah. never ever going to do it. For me, when it comes to sort of anything, and I don't know whether you guys are different, but mm. whether it comes to movies <laughs> or TV shows, I won't start a TV show unless I know it's got an end in sight or it's already finished. Because that's just the thing that puts me stresses me out a little bit. You yeah. worry too much. I do. Oh I yeah, think, absolutely. But it's like it's the sheer like um, size of a given thing because you want to know that your time invested is worthwhile and you want to get something out of it. And sometimes that's only going to happen. Oh, that's I agree whole, with that. Yeah, and it's like so in a TV show's case, you assume that the thing you're going to get out of it is related to it being a full season or whatever so like but and it, it depends on the show it depends on the game but like mm. something like the outer worlds um yeah i'm with that i'm like it's another massive hundred hour rpg that i can kind of play for a bit and i might not finish it and like that kind of puts me off but i i tend to view it like it's the i view the whole game at once i don't just view like i can do like a bit of it and it'll be satisfying i yeah. view like is all of this worth my time and if i if i'm not going to finish should i even start kind of thing so do you think a little bit of it is on obviously we're adults we have jobs we have <sighs> mm-hmm. chores and Girlfriends those, and those stuff. like older games though are like more surmountable because you know so, in retrospect how much time it took. Yeah, you and we you can do only it again. have say we have like four hours a night for gaming mm-hmm. if you're lucky. <laughs> like, are you gonna are you gonna invest those four hours into a tiny bit of a game and maybe get mm-hmm. nowhere? Like, say you get stuck on something you've never played, or are you just gonna jump back into Dark Souls <laughs> for four hours? <laughs> finish it again. See, this is something I, I can get on board with because that's yeah. where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Unless it's a new game, I won't go back and put that time investment into something old unless. I really, really loved it. Say a new Red Dead Redemption came out tomorrow and I would drop everything and play that until <laughs> I was dead. You'd have to take dead. time off work. But I would have to take time off yes. work again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I would sort of, when it comes to the Outer Worlds, my plan is to not play anything else around it. I'm literally going to play yeah. until I'm done with it and then I'll move on. I couldn't start something else. And that's sort of, I think, why I'm, like you said, I'm, I'm enjoying these older games because I can look at Devil May Cry 2, mm-hmm. look at uh, howlongtobeat.com, realize it's only about that four website is long. That website a go, a yep. godsend. And then, and then I'm just thinking, that's, that's my week. That's, yeah. that's a night. That's a, that's today, tomorrow. Then I'll have finished it. I'll have the satisfaction of playing through something entirely. And then I can move on. It's not just chipping away. Mm. Because I do think there is something, like you said, numbing about those big experiences where you're encouraged to log on. Mm-hmm. You're encouraged to do your dailies. But what have I achieved? Yeah. And I'm, I'm at a point where just checking something of a checklist, I mentioned this in the last podcast, mm-hmm. just isn't satisfying anymore. Mm. If it's just sort of some arbitrary leveling up system or some arbitrary, you know, XP system, that's not appealing. If all you're doing is making the numbers move. Yeah, yeah. I want the characters. I want the world. Mm -hmm. I want the stories. I want the experience of, you know, interacting with the environment and having an impact on it. I don't just want a little meter to be filled (laughs) and that's me done for the day. Otherwise, I'd hit my head off the table. At least not until Modern Warfare comes out. Oh, God, yeah. we'll play that with our monster energy drinks. For weeks on end. Well, this is a funny um, distinction. We have Again. no more time, Josh. Well, I'm going to throw it back out. You know? Okay. I'm going to go rogue because <laughs> all of this completely changes if we're talking about multiplayer games. Those I will jump back in all mm. the time and play over and over again in a rote way and I will enjoy and Alone? I'll go back to after the fact. Alone. I'll play alone. Alone? Yeah. Alone? Yeah. Alone? Well, you alone? connect with people online, yeah. but I'm not playing in groups. Overwatch I'm not with groups. I know everyone says so you're sorry. supposed to play in squads, but I ain't got no squads. Ah, uh, you know, Rainbow Six Siege, I'm good enough. I could just 
take I play, out I, the entire team because that game is so serious I played with hey. Ewan once and I just ran out in front of everybody <laughs> making a whole bunch of noise and clumping around everywhere and yes, I thought Scott, it was hilarious I was there I was, were, I was in the party there. I was there yeah it was like watching a toddler like walk around a playpen in their underpants <laughs> smashing toys <laughs> off things because everyone told me I was doing it wrong and everyone, everyone getting genuinely annoyed just made me laugh even more <laughs> oh gosh so yeah but anyway I will extend the question down into the comment section below if you're watching on YouTube or you can come find us on social media if you're listening on the audio platforms what makes the best replayable game and what do you miss from the past generation? And why is it Dark Souls? Yes, <laughs> and also Diablo and whatever we said. Devil May Cry too. Yes, but let's know what you think. Um, for now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast, and I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Rachel Howie. Yay! <laughs> and Josh Brown. Hello. I'm and not goodbye. Bye bye. Catch you next time. Ciao. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.